What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Hey, uh, I'm driving home in traffic, uh, which checks. This is ridiculous. Every day on the way home, <laughs> the traffic is terrible. But uh, it gives me the opportunity to do stuff like this. So uh, I was... Uh, I talked to a couple of different people recently, and there's been this common thread this week during some of the conversations where they... One, one guy is a... He's a guy that's about to retire, and he was ex- kind of explaining to me why he was retiring, and a lot of it was like, uh, he explained some scenarios where, based on the detailing and the job he got, and some, some stuff like that, that, that he got disillusioned with the Navy, or he'd had enough of the Navy, or the Navy did him that way, so it's time to go, kind of thing, and... Uh, and it, made, it got me thinking about why people uh, kind of shift the blame for whatever happens or whatever they perceive to have happened to the Navy, like like the the they did this to me thing, where it's like almost like there's an evil empire that we don't know about, right? That we all kind of create this entity to to blame in our minds. Uh, when things go wrong and I talked to another uh, junior sailor about uh, kind of his chief and and his chief is a young chief that's still learning how to be a chief and we were kind of talking about how you know some of the things that that he does and then it kind of developed into a conversation about things that just chiefs do or that leadership does in the navy can affect junior sailors negatively and uh, they can become disillusioned and then not want to do the job anymore right um And it kind of led me to think about the whole concept of the Navy doing someone wrong, right? And I was kind of trying to figure out, like, why exactly that junior sailors do it. I mean, I did it. (laughs) I'd be lying if I said I didn't at one point in my career. And it was when I was more junior where I was, you know, just blaming the Navy as if the Navy is is a person that was responsible for some kind of wrongdoing. And I guess I think what oftentimes gets missed is that the Navy's not a thing. It's a bunch of people. <laughs> like it's a it's a whole bunch of people wearing uniforms to work that come together and and are all collectively part of this this greater thing right like this this organization and so I guess what my concern is and I and I don't know how you would go about like I don't know like dispelling this this misconception but I think it's important that people understand that it's it's all just a group of individuals like take for example detailing right I I talking to guys about detailing i was talking to this this uh, guy that's about to retire about his detailing process and he was he was mad at the navy and basically like disillusioned with it a little bit because of how he was detailed right now think about the detailing process okay so i've never been a detailer but i've got friends that are detailers or that have been detailers and i've learned as much as i can about the process because i want to know as much as i can so that i can make sure that you know i can take care of my guys as much as possible when they're being detailed um and obviously a little bit selfishly when i get detailed i want to know as much as i can so that uh, i can get the orders that i want right 
whether it be, you know, because I want to get promoted and by taking certain orders or because I want to be in a location or whatever, there's all those different reasons that we try to get the orders that we want, right? I just wanted to understand the process and I've, I've had a, a lot of different experiences where I've gotten to understand it better. But the, the detailers are people, right? It's a billet filled by sailors. Uh, in some readings, it's a little unique uh, where the detailer for E1 through E9, it right now for for me is a CS1, right? It's a first class. He's got to deal with Master Chiefs. He details everybody. So you can imagine what that guy's job is like and how stressful it is. You can imagine what manning all the submarines in the entire freaking Navy and all the submarine shore duties, what that's like. He's dealing with a lot of different things, unplanned losses. He doesn't got enough guys coming from A school. He doesn't got this, that, or the other thing, right? Like. Everybody's screaming for bodies, not understanding his reality, right? Um, how how very little control they have. I, I think some of us some of us old salts, right? We think detailers can pretty much just do whatever they want, and they can't. They're at the mercy of, of manning monitors and all these other people, uh, enlisted community managers, etc. Where they don't get to just do whatever they want willy nilly anymore, right? Like there used to be a lot more freedom, from what I understand. And again, I'm not some high level expert on detailing, but his job is incredibly difficult. And there's a million variables that I don't understand, let alone, I mean, a junior sailor who doesn't even know when his negotiating window opens, right? So uh, you can imagine how incredibly difficult that job is. And keep in mind the context here, I'm talking to a guy that's about to retire. So that that's how long he's been around. He's retiring at 26 years. It's not the whole story, but the the gist of it, though he explained it to me kind of in a, in a summary, was that he kind of blamed the Navy and the detailing process for doing him wrong, and that's why he wanted to retire, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of other factors that go into this guy retiring. I'm not trying to paint him as a villain, but we don't take into consideration how incredibly difficult it is to try to accommodate everyone's desires and needs, and, and right? You got to... There are so many things that go into detailing one person, let alone the hundreds of people this guy is responsible for detailing. And I can only imagine how many more it is for the surface detailers, which is why there's more than one detailer, right? But, I mean, it, it's insane how much, how many variables go into, like, yes, of course, they're trying to get you your desired duty, but they also have to put people that are qualified in the right places for the right reasons. They have to consider things like EFM categories and um, NECs and all this other stuff and, and PRDs for other people in divisions so that everybody's not rotating at the same time. It's on and on it goes, right? It's an incredibly complex and difficult job that people take for granted and blame that process for essentially saying F the Navy, right? Like, it's it's silly to me that we've de we kind of villainize the Navy as if it's a person based on things like this, based on maybe you catch a bad leader at a command and, and there's a bunch of different ways that junior sailors put that blame on the Navy. And it's a huge burden to bear in the Chiefs mess, especially because we're the we're where that blame gets placed. It gets dropped on our doormat every time, and that's fine. I I get it. I I knew what I was signing up for when I put anchors on, but it's also unfair 
for these junior sailors to place that blame there when it's it goes back to the concept I talked about previously where it's like you joined the Navy it didn't join you you know like it's not gonna change to accommodate you unless you stick around in this organization long enough to be in a leadership position and affect positive change that's it I mean you, you can't it frustrates me that we we place that blame on a theory like a theoretical thing like a theoretical uh, I don't know being right we put this blame on the organization um, when it's not the, it's not the organization's fault uh, a lot of times it's no one's fault the process is the process At the end of the day you join the military you developed uh, skills that they paid to train you uh, on and you became valuable to the Navy so they're gonna put you where they need you because they have a mission to accomplish and we know that but we get upset when we don't get to go where we want do what we want it's like I get it I, I don't want to leave where I'm at right now ever and I'll do what I need to do to make sure that happens or I'll retire and I but I understand that's my reality and I'm and that's my reality because my fiance has a job that I I can't move her or she's <laughs> she's not going to be able to move forward and develop into that job she essentially have to just quit and start from complete scratch which is something I'm not willing to do understanding that I'll I'll take jobs in this area for as long as I can or I'll retire and that's a choice I'm making and I'm also making the choice not to be a geo bachelor. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's where essentially where you go on a company and you, I would go to wherever they cut me orders to by myself and my fiance would stay here. And I, that's not something I'm willing to accept either. But the, I guess the difference being that I understand that I'm willing to accept that and there will be zero blame placed anywhere because I understand that that's, it is what it is. It's a choice I'm making. And that's what it should be known as. Like you made a choice to join, you made a choice to re-enlist, which is what you have to do to get detailed almost every time, right? Because otherwise you won't be in the Navy long enough to get detailed to a second duty station. And then you made a choice to kind of put yourself at the mercy of the detailing process when you re-enlisted. So you know that this possibility exists. You knew that possibility existed when you re-enlisted and you knew that, th that at the end of the day, they're going to try to accommodate your desires, but number one is always the Navy's mission needs to get accomplished. If they need you somewhere, that's where you're going. You know, if, if they can have the flexibility to put you in five different places and one of them happens to be the place you want to go, then that's what they'll do. But if there's one place they need you and you want to go somewhere else, guess what? You're going where they need you. And that's just reality. And, and I focus a lot on the detailing process in this, but I mean, it could be anything. It could be catching a bad leader. It could be an extended deployment. It could be a million different things. It could be a divorce because a family member, a, a spouse thought they could handle it, but they couldn't, right? It's just unfortunate. And, it, and it's not... It's not the organization's fault though. And that, that's what I feel like we, and I don't know what the best way to combat that is other than educating them on these things early and often and making sure they understand that, hey, you're not gonna get whatever you want. <laughs> the, the Navy's mission is always gonna come first. So demonizing the organization because you didn't get your way, you know, that's not what we do. We're in the military. We go where we're needed to accomplish the mission. And 
the last part is uh, what really gets me is when you see the FTN stuff, when you see, I don't know if everybody knows what the uh, paperclip thing is, but I've seen it on a couple of different submarines where guys walk around with paperclips on their belts and see it's uh, uh, people against people re-enlisting or ever re-enlisting, I think. It's like an acronym. I think it's ever re-enlisting. People against people ever re-enlisting. Uh, and then there's the clip has, I forget what the clip is too. Um, the clip paper clip, it's an acronym for the clip part is an acronym for something else too, but I forget what it is, but you know, it's, it's fine if you don't want to stay with the organization. I got it. Right. Um, this, this isn't for everyone. And the whole basis of this podcast is to try to help people understand and, and help them learn things that will allow them to deal with it better and then obviously to train and educate those people so that we can retain them uh, and just make the Navy better in general, all right? I, I know I'm not fixing anything all by myself, but um, but it frustrates me when I see that frustration of the junior sailors expressed in that way, right? There are about a million constructive ways you can express that frustration. I'm expressing my frustration with the lack of leadership development and education in the Navy by providing that. And while my impact is still small but slowly growing, someday I'm confident it'll be much larger. And I think that I can do much more by employing this mechanism than I ever could by complaining (laughs) or uh, wearing a paperclip on my belt or telling people that I'm retiring because, you know, the Navy did me wrong, right? Well, I'm the Navy. I I am the United States Navy. So are you. So if you see something wrong with it, fix it because it's yours. Do something about it, right? Take action instead of sitting there complaining about it and acting like a victim because you're not a victim. You're a sailor. Get over yourself and do something about it. I'm almost home. That's what I got for you today. I hope it maybe, you know, got the gears in your mind turning. Um, And if you got, as always, a perspective on it, anything, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, hit us up. Don't give up the shit podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us uh, or DM us on Instagram at at dgutspodcast, and I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and don't give up the shit.